Back again. Nostalgia. Insert the ludicrous track. Anyway. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. Little Nessie drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And like Campbell Soup is a, is a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from In Between Us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we answer? Pirlo. If you say it, say it with chest. Sorry, you just have to guess. Do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar from what oh. I read. Mara who, sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your host, me, Drew. And me, George. This is the podcast where we delve deep into the recesses of obscure football history and obscure football players. So usually we get a guest on who will give us their favourite starting 11 manager stadium and kit, but this is our new series. It's a challenge series that we're going to set for ourselves, and also you guys can set different challenges for us. All right, so this is our first challenge set by our good friend Hugh, who does not listen to the podcast but talks to me about it, and it is the Alliteration (laughs) 11. We're going to give you our first 11 manager and assistant manager this time of players that Names and surnames both begin with the same letter, which on the face of it sounds quite easy, but when you break it down, not that easy, as you'll quickly find out of the quality of this team. <laughs> I think it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's some hit and miss. Uh, so without further ado, this is the first in the Nostalgia FC Challenge series, the Alliteration 11. Right, let's start off with the keeper, which is probably one of the most obvious uh, choices in the team. It is Victor Valdez. I'm saying obvious because I genuinely cannot think of another keeper that could fit this. Well, you're going to kick yourself now because there's a keeper that you love that you've missed. You see Askelainen. Uh, <laughs> I'm wearing the top as well. <laughs> Jaskalainen, who used call to be you, the uh, goalkeeper coach for Wrexham. Call yourself a true fan, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, Obviously that was enough, before Ryan, Ryan and Rob bought them, so you didn't care back then. Oh, no, yeah, I, I've only cared since then. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that because you're going to fucking clip it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. I've already said it. Right, so yeah, obviously Victor Valdez, the better of the two goalkeepers there. Jaskolainen was a very good keeper for Bolton back in the day, but not quite on the level of uh, multi-trophy winning Victor Valdez. Spain international, always played number two because unfortunately Iker is significantly better than him. But, you know, Victor Valdez, yeah. great goalkeeper, played for Barcelona for a long time. Anyone that could do that, obviously, is a very good player. Yeah, 1,000%. Always feel like he's got a punchable face. I know that's not what this podcast is, but like... <laughs> Welcome back to the Punch you know Face 11. That's a future, <laughs> Would you not that's think a future challenge for us. <laughs> I don't know why, he just always looks really smug to me. He's got yeah, a maybe smug he's face. Won so many trophies. Yeah, he's won so many trophies, he's like, yeah, well, don't care. And then he moved to United and thought, well, I'm going to join the, the David Moyes revolution. Did did not work out for him. Oh, God, no, yeah. How many games did I he play? I don't know where he went after that. Not many. He wasn't first choice, was he? He was behind De Gea. No. Uh, he played... T- oh, my God. <laughs> well, he played two games for United. 
Then he went to Standard Liège on loan, and then he went to Middlesbrough. What? Mid- oh, he did. He played yeah. for um, Itor Karanka at Middlesbrough. Yes, I do remember. I think he played at the I same time as Adama Traore. Itor Karanka, he was a manager. Hmm. <laughs> Why would I make that? That's his name. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you made it at up. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> he played at the same time as Martin Braithwaite and Adama Traore, so a nice little Barcelona reunion there. Yeah, fair. Right, <laughs> so let's move away from old Victor before we get bogged down in how terrible Martin Braithwaite is again. And we're going to go for the right back. Now, the right back is one of my favourite choices because it gives us a chance to talk about something we've never spoken about this podcast before. So there are choices we could have had. We could have had Alvaro Arbeloa, Liverpool legend, Real Madrid player, great, great right back. Uh, we could have had some other players in there, but the player we've gone for is Arsenal legend Emmanuel Abue. Eee. Now, Emmanuel Abue, bang average defender, uh, played for Arsenal, moved to <laughs> Turkey, wasn't that good, but he is one of the most intelligent players in the world. And if you don't agree, then you're wrong, because this man, <laughs> despite the fact that he's from the Ivory Coast, speaks predominantly French, uh, claims to be able to speak Korean. In the <laughs> 2010 World Cup, during a game between uh, Emmanuel... Not, not just him, sorry. <laughs> just him, just him. Just him That's just how him. good he is. That's why, that's why he's made this team. So, during a game between Ivory Coast and North Korea, so not even like the nice Korea, the angry, scarier Korea, uh, he <laughs> had... <laughs> Stood on the sideline as the North Korean coach is giving instructions to the North Korean players. Uh, and Emmanuel Abue stands next to them, right next to them, and looks at them and nods along as if he understands exactly what's going on. Now, <laughs> either he is a very intelligent man that took the time to learn Korean before the tournament, or an absolute moron. <laughs> it was like, yep, yep, totally, totally. Turn around. What was it, Emmanuel? No idea, lads, no idea. Don't, sp- don't speak Korean. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's so funny, though. It's so good. Like, fair play to him. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. What a shit house. He did, a lot, he did a lot for Arsenal back in the day. He was a good player. Um, spent a long time at Arsenal. And yeah. then, yeah, I mean... Probably, probably one of the worst parts of that Arsenal side, though. Yeah. he was in decent Arsenal sides. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um very, but, very injury prone, I seem to remember. That's not what this team's about. No, his name yeah. <laughs> fits in with the bill, so he's in. That's all <laughs> we care about. Right, let's move away from all the manual. So, moving across the line, we're going to go with an Inter Milan legend of Marco Materazzi. Oof. Um, I never knew he played for Everton. Yes. Yeah, you've still allowed him into this side. You've still allowed him to grace this side, but um, like I said, yeah, I don't care who they played for as long as the name fits in. They're in. <laughs> I mean, your your initial list of like players, you had a lot on there, surely. Yes, <laughs> yes but he, he is. But mind uh, you, Ma- Marco Matarazzi is a great, great defender. Yeah, obviously made his name well at Inter Milan. He played for a lot of teams before Inter Milan, but more, most famously played for Inter Milan. Uh, obviously a World Cup winner for Italy in 2006. 
Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. there is a, a bit of a little story about him in the World Cup final where he said some things. Oh, what's one, that? Uh, yeah, he said some things to, to this French guy and then he got absolutely ruined in the middle of the pitch with a headbutt. Um, and what's that French guy's name? Drew. Uh, no Wait, comment. Does he, he have? Comment. Does he have? <laughs> does he fit? <laughs> no, that's definitely the reason why he's in this team, Marco. He's not in the team to antagonise the centre mid that we will talk about later. <laughs> yeah, Marco. Well, Mat- obvious choices, but yeah. <laughs> Marco Materazzi, a controversial and provocative figure in football. Uh, very physical, aggressive. Uh, obviously, <laughs> likes to talk on the pitch. To his detriment in the World Cup fight, or maybe not. Maybe that was an ultimate 4D chess move, and he <laughs> thought, "Ooh, I'll get someone sent off here so we can win the World Cup," and then it worked out. So, if anything, Marco Materazzi single-handedly won Italy the World Cup. Good job, Marco. Yeah, fair play. Surely, though, like that's why people chat on the, on the pitch. You tr- you try and get people sent off. You try and get people in trouble. So yeah. He did exactly what everyone wants to do. Yeah, well, I mean, like. 99 times out of 100, you don't get headbutted. So that's just, yeah, World Cup final. <laughs> I think it's more than that. I think it's like 999 times out of 1,000, you do not get headbutted. <laughs> Someone's normal reaction shouldn't be to go, hmm, watch, punch, watch nah. this. kick, nah. Give him a little shove, nah. Give him some verbal abuse back, nah. Let's go for a headbutt. <laughs> and not just any headbutt either. He fully... Uses all of his body weight to just <laughs> plough into him. It's so funny. What's what's funny for uh, Marco Materazzi as well, after that, after he got Zidane sent off, obviously Zidane got himself sent off, but after he contributed to the sending off of Zidane, uh, obviously it went to penalties, and Marco, Razzi, Marco Materazzi scored a penalty. Just an ultimate fuck you to Zidane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hell of a shithouse. <laughs> so let's move away from him. Uh, continuing with yeah, uh, a Serie A flavour, uh, we've gone for Calibu Koulibaly from Napoli. Yeah. Very current defender, an excellent defender. Huge, imposing, absolute world-class defender. Been linked with every club under the sun since about 2015. Still at Napoli. Uh, maybe this will be the summer he moves. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe Eric Ten Hag is like, oh yeah, I'll buy a centre-back. But, you know, is he is he any better than Harry Maguire? Yes. Is I was going to say, is that even a question? <laughs> uh, put it put it this way: if Harry if Harry Maguire was called like Mary Maguire, he would not be in his team. That's how fucking bad he is. If he was called Mary Maguire, what does that even mean? Because it's M M. Oh, Drew. I see. Right. <laughs> yeah, lost myself in the concept there. Didn't get that. Yeah, thought that was kind of obvious. It was also a shit joke, so it just you know breeze past it. Well, Kalibu Koulibaly, obviously, this season has had a very nice season for him as he uh, captained Senegal all the way to the African Cup of Nations trophy. Mm. Uh, played every game, absolute world-class defender. And, yeah, I mean, huge year for Kalibu Koulibaly. He's only played for four teams. Uh, Mets, oh, actually, one of them is Mets too. So, <laughs> Mets de, Mets Genk, which I love that name, Genk. I love that in Belgium you've got Genk and Ghent, which is fantastic. And then obviously for Napoli, he's been a stalwart there since 2014. Absolute world-class defender. Huge guy. Mm. I didn't know this, but he's over two metres tall. Absolutely massive. And yeah, 
what a guy. Born in France, but chose to represent his uh, home nation of Senegal from his parents. And yeah, what a guy. Huge player. It's kind of hard to break into that French side, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I think I mean I put him in the French national team. Him and Varane at the back. Whoa. Yeah, very or, good point. Not, if Varane can stay healthy, anyway. That's true. Maybe put him with Abubakarno or Ibrahim Kanate. I mean, fair play. <laughs> if that would be the most physically imposing defense ever, if you put Kanate and Koulibaly at centre back. Jesus, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. You get nowhere near them. <laughs> You had like Mexico going against them and had like Javier Hernandez. <laughs> Just get chewed up. You have no chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to left back, and I'm so glad that you found one, Drew, because I genuinely, genuinely couldn't think of one for a long it time. It was a struggle. Is, uh, yeah, the Swiss man himself, Ricardo Rodriguez, who I only remember really from FIFA and being an absolute demon on it just because he was one of the quickest players in the game. <laughs> well, that's good enough for me. And again, his yep. name fits in, so he's in. But yeah, but yeah he uh, a great left back, played for AC famously, um, started his career off in Switzerland, played for Wolfsburg in Germany, then moved to AC Milan. Uh, didn't play that many games, moved to PSV on loan, and now he's, now he's at Torino in Italy. But he does have 94 caps for Switzerland and won the Under-17 World Cup in 2009 with Switzerland. So he is a great player. Um, obviously, I think his career sort of tailed off a little bit. I think he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, he was voted Swiss Footballer of the Year in 2014. Um, I know there aren't like a plethora of amazing Swiss footballers, uh, but you know they have some good players. Apparently not in 2014 because he was the best one. But there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Yeah. He, uh, he's been to the Olympics. He's uh, really, really good at javelin. <laughs> It was the pause after he's been to the Olympics. Like, he's been to the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Cool. Ja- he's really, really good at javelin. Really good. Yeah. But now, obviously, he played for Switzerland in the uh, in the Olympics, not not in javelin. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. Yes, it would. Right, then, we're going to move into the midfield. Now, this is where it gets a little bit controversial. I was going to say, I was going to say, it gets, also, it gets a little bit more juicy here, because yeah. I feel like, Keeper in defence was a little bit... Mm. And yeah. So, the first midfielder we'll go for, flat flat three in the middle, maybe one can sit a little bit deeper. But the first one, quite a controversial figure in the world of football currently, uh, as it was just announced that he will not be playing for his current club again due to an injury picked up in the 4-0 drubbing by Liverpool. Just wanted to drop that in there. Uh, it is Mr Paul Pogba. PP, double P, Paul Pogba. Now, yeah. we can put a nostalgia spin on this and we're going to go for Ju- Juve Pogba because Juve Pogba was in a world of his own. United Pogba. Juve po- uh, I would also argue that just even now, France po- Pogba. Yeah, yeah, that rollback goal he scored just, in the Euros was insane. Yeah, yeah, and it's just... It, it, he's like Gareth Bale in the fact that he sort of... I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm just saying it seems like he doesn't care for his club. But as soon as it comes to country, it's just like another level. Like he, yeah. he just turns it up and it obviously means a lot more to him because he just plays so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so frustrating to see. But Yeah, I think as well yeah. with, with Paul Pogba, like he obviously has all the raw skills and all the tools to be a world-class centre midfielder. 
He just either yeah. either it's the system or the fans or the whatever, but it just never it's never worked out for him at United. Either time, really, he had some good spells, but he's never put it together like he did at Juventus. On the face of it, you're gonna have to say that he's one of the biggest transfer flops of all time. The amount of money he's got, he was paid for, and like, yes, he's been an incredible player, but I mean, he's just been absolutely hounded by United fans this season. Uh, fair enough, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I like I. You can't you can't put so what United fans like to do is they like to put all the blame on one person a lot of the time. Yeah. So you can't just blame him. There's like a whole crop of players that are probably the one of the biggest like transfer letdowns ever. Like half the United squad, you could say, are the biggest transfer letdown ever. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. But um, yeah, Paul Pogba, like you say, in his, in his day when he was playing for Juventus, playing for France, whatever, he uh, he he's another he's another level, really. Yeah, absolutely. There's that that footage of the goal he scores in Italy. I can't remember who it was against, but it's like a half volley. From like thirty-five yards out, <clears throat> excuse me, and it is one of the sweetest strikes you'll ever see in your life. But the the angle is like from behind him, so you see the swaz he gets on the ball. Technical term for uh, curl that swaz, and absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Though it, like the keeper even like dives at full extent, can't reach it, and like there's footage of the keeper afterwards just sitting there going, "Oh, cool." <laughs> I was just looking at the floor like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. <laughs> like unbelievable. Yeah, insane, insane. He, um, yeah, he's just, yeah. I'm not going to go into Pogba. <coughs> Annoys me, frustrates me. <laughs> That's some nice haircuts, though. Give um, it to you. I, I <laughs> what, was the, what was the season where it was like he's had more haircuts than goals? <laughs> every season. <laughs> like, oh. every, every season he's played since he came back to England. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Also, you know it's bad when um, Graeme Sunez doesn't mention you in his post-match uh, briefing yeah like he literally did not mention him once and I was like he was that bad that Graham was just like you know what not worth my time nope nope and that's that's saying a lot because he loves having a go at Paul Pogba yeah he will he will choose any any time any place to just Graham Sunes is actually going to announce yeah. his retirement from punditry at the end of the season because Paul Pogba's going away from England so he's like <laughs> well, so what, am I, what am I supposed to do that's all I'm here for so, keeping with uh, France, one of the most obvious selections in this team, and we have kind of alluded to him earlier, Marco Matarazzi's best friend in the world is Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. What Possibly... more do you want in a team than two people that absolutely hate each other? <laughs> I kind of hope as well that just every every training session they go to, Matarazzi just wears his, uh, wears his medal. <laughs> Or where's the the shirt that you got headbutted in and has it like circled like oh, right there, right there, Zizou. Come on, do it again. <laughs> just the print of his head. They'll be marking each other at the corners just so Zidane can try and headbutt him again. <laughs> I mean, Zidane's been mentioned a thousand times in this podcast before because obviously being one of the best yeah. players of world football ever, you're going to get a mention once or twice. Um, so we don't want to spend too much time on Zidane because obviously we've we've done that already, but. Obviously, insane football player, one of the best touches in the world. That that Zizou spin, you can't can't knock it. Is the is one of the best skills in the world. Inevitable. Once he's done it's it, you so can't get good, near him. Yeah. I've tried it; doesn't work very well. Turns out I'm not as good as Zidane. Who but you knew? tried to? Oh right, <laughs> I thought you meant you tried to get close to Zidane. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just did his spin and was off. Uh, it's like oh, damn, it. so close. 
Yeah, I mean, hell of a hell of a player. Been obviously transferred to management and done a hell of a good job as well. But most importantly, double Z. Let's go. <laughs> right. So we'll move away from Zinazine. Zinazine. I can never say his first name. Is it Zinadine? Zidane. Zizu. Zizu. That guy. And we're going to go to one of my favourite choices in this one. And <laughs> if you're following along, you might have figured out who this might be already. It's a double G. It is the defensive midfielder last, because why not? And it is. It's only bloody Gennaro Gattuso. George Graham. George Graham. <laughs> <laughs> it's not George Graham, famous Arsenal manager and former player. It is Gennaro Gattuso, human meatball. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. An absolute crazy man on the pitch, off the pitch as a manager. Just, just absolute mental. Absolutely mental man. Um, <laughs> 73 caps for Italy, 335 appearances for AC Milan, and funnily, which I always find hilarious, 34 appearances for Rangers. He played for Rangers before he played for AC Milan. So, yeah, I just yeah. find that really funny that it was like uh, 1997. <laughs> Rangers like, oh, this guy looks good. He goes over, just breaks all of Scottish football players' legs, and they're like, all right, we've got to get him out of here. We've got to get him out. Yeah, to. to... <laughs> To basically impose fear on Scottish people, you've got to be you've got to be a different kind of uh, person, haven't you? Uh, the midfield pairing of him and Gascoigne is one of the most crazy pairings you'll ever get. I think, surely. Well, I didn't know this, but he moved from Rangers uh, because Dick Advocat, great name, uh, became the manager. Didn't like Gattuso, so put him at right back. Not being funny, but the, yeah, the guy's okay. like five foot three. What, what are you putting him at right back for? <laughs> at least in midfield, he can sneak up on people and break the legs at right back. He can clearly see he's, he's going to be the weak link of the defence. I always think he's really short. How short is he? He is. I was going to say, is five foot three his actual height? Oh, I know, it's it. five foot ten. It's quite tall. Uh, five, foot, five foot ten. It's above average. Yeah, in my head, I just thought he was really small. I don't know why. Just little, little Gennaro he's around. Quite... It's probably because he's like quite chunky. <laughs> be careful about how I say boy. I was going to say he's quite a thick man. Thick yeah, man. Thick man. Witness the thickness. <laughs> well, we've not done this for a while. It's time for Hot or Not with George Thomas. So, George, Gennaro Gattuso, Hot or Not? Well, seeing as he played like opposite Perlo for how many years in Asia Milan, not. Well, he's like the, the rugged. He also. He's, he's like the rugged counterpart to Perlo's like. Look, yeah, fair point. He's the most dad-looking person you'll ever see on the sideline as a manager, as well. Well, I don't... he looks like an ang- angry dad at a Sunday league game, and he never found a shirt that fit him either. He always wore ill-fitting shirts that were like too tight <laughs> on him. So, like, he felt like at one point he could just like referee and flex and bust out the thing. <laughs> that was the whole point of it. That's yeah. it. Intimidate the opposing manager. All right, well, hell of a player, old Gennaro. Uh, we've yeah, mentioned he's, before on the podcast. He's also, yeah, he's also got that meme of like him in that. Is it a post-game interview? I don't know what he's talking about. Have you have you seen? I don't it? think I have. He's like sometimes maybe good, sometimes oh, maybe shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've no idea what he's on about. <laughs> probably him, his career at Rangers. <laughs> it's really funny though. <laughs> yeah, probably his career in general. So we're going to mainly good though. Like he was good, a great yeah, player, absolutely terrific player, and obviously one of the most iconic Italian football players. Italy, a team of like grace and poise and 
scale, and then it's just Gattuso in the middle to kill everyone. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the complete opposite of everything. Him, That's why it makes me laugh that he played opposite Perlo for yeah. so long. <laughs> well, that, sort of a, another, compa- another uh. player we could have had in there instead of Gattuso was going to be Daniele De Rossi. But obviously, we thought De Rossi oh. isn't quite the same, and, and we know George loves De Rossi, but like imagine those two midfield. Well, I mean, yeah. it has happened many times, but those two midfield together. If you're the opposing centre midfielder, I'm just like, uh, oh, I've pulled my hamstring, got to come off. Thanks. I'm like, don't want to go over there. Imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine if you had a midfield trio of Zidane, Gattuso, and uh, Daniela De Rossi. You'd be like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Wrap, wrap everyone in cotton wool and just please <laughs> look after them. Right, let's go into the forward line. Now the forward line, we've gone for a sort of like a. So this formation is sort of like a 4-3-3, but quite narrow 4-3-3, which is fine because it's... It, it could also be a diamond. Yeah, it could be a diamond, yeah. yeah. So, you, so if you have like the two so as the holder midfielder, Pogba and Zidane as the... Sort of set wider central right. midfielders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the front of this diamond, if we are going to call it a diamond, we've got the central attacking midfielder of Kevin Keegan. Yes. Now, I'm... I'm sort of because I know I know who who's coming up as the manager. Why was he not chosen as manager? Because <laughs> let me tell you, George, Kevin Keegan has won two Ballon d'Ors. I know, but that interview, I like. I feel like this podcast itself. <laughs> well, I think I think. It's... Wait, two, two? Has he won two? two? Won two Ballon d'Ors, yeah, two Ballon d'Ors. That's crazy. I yep. only thought he'd won one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so significantly better player than he was a manager. For obviously famous for being a manager <laughs> that just shouted at the camera, I would love it if we beat them. I would love it. And then they didn't. <laughs> Good job, Kev. <laughs> the ultimate meltdown. Yeah, bless him. But yeah, obviously Kevin Keegan in the 70s and 80s, one of the best players in world football. Um, 230 appearances for Liverpool, 68 goals. Moved to Hamburg, 32 goals in 90 appearances. 37 and 68 for Southampton, 48 and 78 for Newcastle, and then one goal in two games for Blacktown City. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Keegan, a uh, hell of a player. Obviously not conventionally a central tracking midfielder, so it's more like a centre forward, if you like. Shadow striker almost. Um, but yeah, hell of a player. Um, hell of a guy. Loves bingo, as we discovered uh, from Connor's episode a few months ago. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's very loud at the bingo, which you'd expect actually, considering his character. But yeah, big Kev Keegan, he's in. So we're going to move forward into the forward line. We're going to move into the forward line. Uh, the first one, this one's my favourite pick, just because I think he's a great player. And I don't know, it's one of those players that, if you're thinking about these players, you probably wouldn't think about this one, and that's why I like it. So it is the great Croat himself, Mario Mandzukic. Yeah, what a player. I was going to say, like, how did he not fit into any of our underrated teams either. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Unbelievable player. Um obviously known for being a, a, a big guy striker. Only six foot three, which means I'm the same height as Mario Manzukic, which is I don't get because he seems massive on T V. It's also it's that whole thing of like so it's the same with Gattuso seeming small because he's probably quite wide. Manzukic is just the complete opposite. It's like a bean pole. Yeah. So he just seems a lot taller. Yeah. I mean, he's won a lot in his career, um, mostly for Bayern Munich. Won 
well, actually, Juventus as well won a lot of trophies there. An amazing striker. Great feet for a big man. Not the paciest guy, but I think a terrific footballer. Obviously, runner-up in the 2018 World Cup. But I think his most famous moment, and something that I'll always remember him for, is his absolute worldy in a Champions League final for Juve. Like, yeah. the most perfect overhead go- overkick goal. Obviously, not as good as Gareth Bale's, which is a shame, because he almost had the best overhead kick goal in the final, but then Gareth Bale was like, oh, yeah, you like that? Watch this. Literally the next year. But yeah, if you have a chance to go and watch any goal today, go and watch Mario Mandzukic, Juventus versus Real Madrid, Champions League final, absolutely world class. Yeah, 100%. I remember that Croatia team was nasty as well, yeah. with him in it. Yeah, I mean, they're just, just love that team. like him and Perisic and like Rakitic, Modric, a hell of a team. Croatia's got some incredible football players. Mm. And they beat England, so woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> So, Mario Mandzukic. Such a, this is such a random fact. <laughs> I was just I was on his Wikipedia page, went on the Croatian national team, right? And it says FIFA ranking. For some reason, it tells you what the date of their highest ranking, the date of their lowest ranking. The, their lowest ranking was March 1994, which is when I was born. Nice. So, when I was born, Croatia were at their shittest. Weirdest stat I'm ever going to come up with. But What position were they? <laughs> made me laugh. 125. 125. I can't even name 125 yeah, was, countries. Yeah. And the highest they were was third. Oof. I imagine that's probably after the uh, World Cup, right? Uh, 1999. What? So they got to the World Cup final yeah. and didn't get higher than third. <laughs> that literally means they're the second best team in the world and they didn't get to second. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, but FIFA rankings are fucked, aren't uh, they? They're FIFA. not. <laughs> Corrupt. Corrupt FIFA. Don't cancel us, FIFA. Sorry. You govern the you govern the sport that we're talking about. Please don't cancel us. <laughs> They're not listening. This is possibly my favourite pick of this team. Genuinely, one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League, and that's saying a lot, seeing as there's a lot of them. Also, we found out he stopped a civil war in his country. It's Didier Drogba himself. Uh, single-handedly, it, well, it almost felt like single-handedly won Chelsea that Champions League. Uh, against Bayern Munich yeah. I don't think he did single-handedly win it but it felt like he did on the day yeah I mean what a player yeah unbelievable unbelievable player I, I saw him uh, in like 2003 playing for Marseille against Liverpool in the U- UEFA Cup as it was uh, it was a 1-1 draw at Anfield and me and my dad yeah. were watching it and Drogba scored it wasn't even that good of a goal I don't think it was just sort of like a like a sort of finesse finish quite a nice goal but I remember my dad turning to me going, oh, he's good him, he's good him. And then obviously the next season he was at Chelsea. My dad was like, I told you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's very good. He's he's a player as well. And I think it was because at the time he was at Chelsea when they were absolutely dominating. It was them and United at the top. I fucking hated him. <laughs> like, I don't think there's been a player while playing, like now that he's finished and he's like moved on and stuff like that. And you look back at it and you go, fucking hell, he was a good player. I hated him with a passion. I remember that, and like to have to have that from it, like uh, uh, the opposition team. You know, you're a good player. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well with with Drogba, like he's just such a polarizing character because obviously Chelsea, he was part of the revolution, their first revolution of oh, we've got money now, let's buy everyone, and he was one of the first players they yeah. bought. So obviously, he's just always going to be synonymous with that side of Chelsea, which obviously is sort of coming down now because Roman's a bit of a sketchy man. Um, so I think move on move on yeah. oh quick <laughs> but yeah 
Didier Drogba, hell of a player, uh, played for a lot of teams, scored goals wherever he went. And a stat which I find very upsetting, actually. So, from 2004 to 2012 for Chelsea, scored 100 goals in 226 appearances. So, pretty good turn. turn like, pretty good goal return, 100 goals. But, so that was perfect. Dead on 100. And that's great. I love a good stat like that. And then decides, oh, yeah, I'll go to China and then Turkey. And then I'll come back to Chelsea uh, to win the Champions League and score four goals and 28 appearances, which means now he's got 104 goals, which isn't as nice to look at. So thanks, Didier. You've ruined it. So you're saying you wouldn't take 104 goals? No, 100. Give me 100. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if Drew ever became a professional footballer... He would stop at 100, walk off the pitch, leave. Yeah. And that, that attitude right there yeah. is probably why, amongst many, many reasons why I would never be a professional football player. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love that's the, the main, fact, that, like, that's he, the main one, though, I think. Definitely, that's the main reason. Has it, have we had him on the podcast before? Uh, yeah, we had him on the Heroes versus Villains podcast because of the whole Civil War thing. Oh, yeah. So we must have talked about Phoenix Rising FC then. Phoenix Rising FC. I don't think we did, actually. That's That was the final team he ever played for. Well, wow. what I like is he went to Montreal Impact, and then from that impact, he rose like a phoenix and joined Phoenix Rising. <laughs> he definitely did that on purpose. He was like, oh, which team now makes sense in the names? I've, I've never even heard of the league... That he played in though the USL Championship. Yeah, it's the one beneath the MLS. Oh, is it? Yeah, never heard of it. It's when he was. It's when he went bald, and then everyone was like, "What? Who's this guy?" Just a bald Didier Drogba banging in free kicks in the second division of uh, American football. Not that one. Oh, he's part owner. He's part owner of Phoenix Rising FC. <laughs> That's classic, right? I own it. I'm playing. Long... But also. Right, I don't know if you can see that. That's the list of owners. Yeah. So for anyone, like obviously the listeners can't see. There's like twenty owners. One of them's Pete Wentz. Nice. Remember Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy? One of them's Diplo. Nice. <laughs> so coming to you this summer, a big summer track of Diplo featuring Fallout Boy and Didier Drogba. <laughs> it's just a random mix of. <laughs> People who've just gone, we don't really know each other, but we're all famous. Do you want to buy a football club? Yeah, <laughs> should we? <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm saying that. That's exactly what's happened with my team. Literally. Literally what's just happened with your team. <laughs> it's like Chelsea now. Lewis Hamilton yeah. and Serena Williams are going to buy Chelsea with some other guy. Yeah, how fucking weird is that? Uh, Especially with Lewis Hamilton being an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, no oh, well. Obviously not that big of an Arsenal fan. Anyway, let's move on from Lewis Hamilton. But, like, but, but say for instance... You're a multi-millionaire or billionaire or whatever the fuck they are, right? And you have the chance to buy... It's not quite like buying Everton or United, but buy... City? Would it be like that? Would that be the equivalent? Well, you'd have no, because you and City... very, 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 very rich to buy Manchester City. <laughs> no, I know, but if you like, if you had the money to be able to buy it, yeah. would you, being a Liverpool fan, knowing that it's going to get you so much money, or would you? would your pride get in the way a little bit? Uh, so what I'd do is I would buy them, sack Guardiola, sell all the players, and then quickly sell my shares. Go, oh, oh well, there you go. 
Looks like City are going to get the profit. Or like, I'd insist that I play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm buying it, but I'm playing up front every week. Get out of the way, Gabriel. I'm, yeah. I'm playing up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, then. Let's go to the manager. So, the manager, um, obviously, very close to our hearts as Wales fans. So, we won't spend too much time on him because we've all spoken about Wales on this podcast far too much and we'll never stop doing that. But our manager for this team is Chris Coleman. Double C, Chris Coleman. Uh, obviously, terrific manager for Wales during the Euros 2016. Uh, not a very good manager uh, everywhere else, as shown in the Sunderland documentary, uh, <laughs> Sunderland Till I Die, which will bring up one of the funniest things. But Go on. I was going to say, but he does have a wife and children. He does have a wife and children. So if you've not seen this, go, I'd recommend go and watch the documentary anyway, because it is great. But there's a bit in the documentary where Chris Coleman is walking into the Stadium of Light and a fan goes, you're a dickhead. He's like, I'm not a dickhead. I'm not a dickhead. I've got a wife and children. <laughs> Which makes no sense, because I know plenty of dickheads that have got a wife and children. Yeah. I know a dickhead who's got a wife on this podcast. Uh, right. So, yeah, Chris Coleman, obviously, not a dickhead, has four children and uh, a wife. Great guy, uh, great manager for Wales, and double C, so he's in. But we're going to move swiftly on from him to the assistant manager. So Chris Coleman had to be the manager because he's just a terrific guy, uh, did a lot for Wales, we love him. But the assistant manager, which we've never done before, we had to do because we couldn't fit him as a player because he wasn't as good as some of the players in this team. And his managerial career has been a bit hit and miss. But it is the one and only Mick McCarthy, which if you think about it, is a fantastic choice because... He's not that good of a manager, but as assistant manager, you can just whack him on the side and he can do his weird looks at the camera, which is one of my favourite things he's ever done, where the camera pans through him and he just looks straight down the camera, like seductively and like gives the eyebrows. And someone's put like the like seductive music over the top of it, and I think it's one of my favourite videos ever. It's just so funny. What is it like is it like a compilation? No, I think it's just the one that like they just pan to him and it's like All right. it's like um a George Michael song, like the Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Careless Whisper. Yes, and it just pans to Mick McCarthy. Goes. It's really funny. I don't know why he did it because obviously the music wasn't playing in the stadium. He just did that off his own back. So good old Mick McCarthy. How did he know? How how did he know which camera was on? Like, did does he just do that all the time and hope that one day it gets? It just gets caught on camera. Yeah, <laughs> like he's I mean, done it a thousand times, and this is just the one time it got caught. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I love Mick McCarthy. I think he's really funny. It's just uh, old school manager, just no nonsense. Just this is the way I'm doing it. If you don't agree, get out. Um, yeah, quite a good playing career to be fair. Played 270 times for Barnsley, Man City, Celtic, and then a quick foray over to Leon, of all places. I can't imagine how his accent held up in <laughs> in the middle of France. Yeah, weird. Hey up, lad, bonjour. He's just in a Steve McLaren. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But he has uh, managed Republic of Ireland to the World Cup in 2002. Yep. Gold Mick. Uh, he's also managed Millwall, Sunderland, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Ipswich Town, Republic of Ireland again, uh, Apoel in Cyprus, and then Cardiff City. 
for a year and then got sacked. Yo. So I don't think there's been a job where he's left. I think he's been sacked and left the job he's worked at and then gone somewhere else. <laughs> but hey, he keeps coming back. <laughs> that's and that's exactly what you want in that's a manager, right? Keeps coming back, never goes away. <laughs> you think he's gone, but then he's back. <laughs> yeah, he is pog back. Pog back. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. So not good enough to be the manager, but good enough to be the su- the substitute manager. No, the assistant manager of this team. <laughs> I thought you were going to say good enough to be the son. <laughs> So, uh, before we reveal the final team that we've just given to you in, in all its glory, all of the alliteration eleven players, we're gonna quickly run I'll quickly run through the players we've chosen from and some honourable mentions in this category of the challenge we were set. Our first challenge, of which you've I've thoroughly enjoyed. So here we go. Gatuso, Paul Pogba, Zidane, Kevin Karanyi, Victor Valdez, Adebeo Akinfenwa should have gone in. Should have gone in. Uh, Mario Melchior definitely should have gone in. Yeah, Mario Melchior, Lamanu Lualua, that's triple, so we couldn't have him, so that's triple. Um, Scott Sinclair, Damien Duff, <laughs> Emmanuel Abue, Jermaine Genus, uh, David Dunn, Andre Ayu, Andre Arshavin, Barry Bannon, Ricardo Rodriguez, Alvaro Arbaloa, Bo- Bolbo Balaban, Mario Mandzukic, Santiago Solari, John Jensen, Colton Cole, Steve Sidwell, Leroy Lita, legend, Lucas Lever, best player ever, Kevin Kilban, met him in Tesco in uh, Preston, uh, Kevin Keegan, Steve <laughs> Didier Drogba, Martin Montoya, Calibu Kulabali, Callum Chambers, Danny Drinkwater, Diogo Dallo, Sergi Sampa, Mick McCarthy, Connor Cody, Chris Coleman, George Gray, Marco Matarazzi, Dixie Dean, Yossi Askalainen, and an iffy one, Daniele De Rossi. But yeah, I'm sure there's many more that we've missed out. But that's what we chose from for all you listeners that are trying to figure out your own team. So if you want to listen back to that over and over again to figure out who we chose from and pick your own team, go for it. But yeah. Did you miss out Virgil van Dijk? I did. Virgil van Dijk, yes. Virgil van Dijk also. But we thought because the D doesn't quite work. So no, not that's why I didn't put him in. I was going to say, because that's the one that people will sort of... Right, well, there you go. There's all the players listed in full. So now we're just going to tell you the team we've just chosen, which you've listened to. So, the team we went for in our alliteration 11. In goal, we had Victor Valdez in defence. North Korean mastermind, Emmanuel Abue. Marco Matarazzi, Kalibu Koulibaly and Ricardo Rodriguez. Yes, moving on to midfield, we have a central midfield partnership of Paul Pogba and Zinedine Zidane. And, and as our holding midfielder behind them, we have Gennaro Gattuso. Yeah, and completing the diamond, almost, sort of, uh, Kevin Keegan with the strike partnership of Mario Mandzukic and Didier Drogba. Yeah, and managing this team is Chris Coleman with the assistant manager, the seductive man himself, Mick, Mick McCarthy. McCarthy. And what a team that is. So uh, that is the first of our challenge series in the bag. Um, let us know how you think we did. Um, I'll be honest, we do struggle with these challenges. We've got a few others coming up that we've really struggled getting the team together in. Uh, we won't spoil them what they are. But with this in mind, if you have any challenges you want to see us struggle with, uh, please send them to us. You can send them to us through all the socials, which we have. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, because George, remember the password. And... <laughs> yeah, well, no, I created a new, a new one. one. And <laughs> not as in, I, no, as in, I didn't create a new TikTok. I created a new password oh, for the TikTok. And the email, which is back. So, George, what is the email address that people can email their challenges to? Uh, 
It is nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Yeah, awesome. So if you want to go follow us on the socials, we'll post about all of our episodes, all of our content. And of course, uh, you can recommend these new challenges to us. Now, don't think that because we've got this challenge series on the go that we're going to stop recording with guests. That is not the case. We've got some great guests lined up. And we're going to filter these in um, just, to, just to stay in your timeline, just so you don't miss us too much. We know we spend a lot of time away from the podcasting game, but we want to stick around this time. So you'll hear a lot more of us. We'll have a lot more podcasts coming to you on a regular basis. Um, so stick around. Keep an eye on the socials for when we're going to release these episodes. It'll probably be most Tuesdays because... Um, that's the day that none of the podcasts that I listen to come out on, so I can listen to my own podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all that's left to say before we go is uh, that was our Alliteration 11, and what a team it was! And what a team it We're was! We're back, baby! get changed as well i'm not gonna wear a rectum top to a mamma mia lunch i don't know what so what, what the fuck is a mamma mia lunch mate i don't know apparently the ticket costs 200 quid and i get to what? go for free and it's a bottomless brunch so so you're just gonna get <laughs> smashed and watch mamma mia what's going on i have no idea i'm supposed to be working after it as well I don't, uh, all right cool well enjoy your mamma mia lunch <laughs> i feel like this is the after bit